Throughout the Old Testament, there are many who pointed the way forward to Christ, who would come after them. One of the most significant among these was Moses, who was revered as the lawgiver, because he received from God on Mount Sinai the law of the Ten Commandments. Moses was called the meekest man on earth in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. And he was God's friend, as he is called in Exodus chapter 34, verse 12. Moses was even granted the supreme honour of seeing God face to face, as we read in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 10. Christ, though, is greater than Moses. He is more than God's friend. He is God's Son, who alone knows the Father and to whom the Father has entrusted everything. He is perfectly meek and humble, greater than Moses. And so Jesus can do more than hold himself up as an example, as Moses could. Our Lord can invite us to shoulder his yoke, that is, to take up what he teaches us and to take on what he expects of us. If we do this, we will find rest for our souls. His yoke, his law, is easy and it is light because it is the truth. We are both attracted to these words of our Saviour and at the same time wary, even reluctant, to fully believe him. Our attraction to them comes from their power and what they promise and because we know and trust Christ. But our hesitation comes from the effects of original sin within us. Here again, I must state the necessity of baptism because I meet so many parents who do not understand what baptism achieves in the soul of the infant who is baptised. You see, each human person inherits in the nature they receive from their parents the wound of original sin. This is not a sin for which we personally are responsible. It is not the same as personal sin. The infant is incapable of personal sin. But original sin is the fatal flaw of being separated from God because of the disobedience of our first parents. The hold of original sin on us has to be broken. And this is what baptism does. And so we are restored to friendship with God and even made his son or his daughter. Without baptism, we could not resist what is wrong, what is sinful, what is evil. So without baptism, we might not even be attracted to the words of Christ in the Gospel. We see in our society and culture today a very strong manifestation of a false understanding of freedom, which is really the same temptation of the devil that was there way back at the beginning. Many think that to be free means not to depend on anyone. 
I'm not talking about self-sufficiency, which has a place, but rather an attack on every true and lasting relationship. If to depend on someone else is the opposite of freedom, then the other person becomes a potential enemy who can steal my freedom from me if I depend on them, if they become my friend, if I grow to love them. This can only lead to a radically autonomous, independent person who is alone, without any bond, shut off, needing and wanting no one. A truly sad state. However, true freedom comes from God. Indeed, the very nature and inner life of God. In the Blessed Trinity, there is utter and complete dependence. The human person thrives when we imitate that. And this true freedom means receiving, not pushing away. Think of our first experience of human life. We do not choose our parents, we receive them. And this is the same for every other genuine relationship that marks our life. In this time that we live in, we urgently need to discover the nature of true liberty and freedom, which flourishes and is strengthened by agreeing to be dependent through love. Love is not really dependence, but it is a gift that makes us live. So when Christ offers us his yoke, he offers us something that ties us to him. Through the grace of baptism, our intellect and our heart recognise that this is the language of love, not of tyranny and slavery. Arising from this promise and invitation of Christ, let us examine briefly who Christ is and why we can trust him. Christ's whole earthly life, his words and deeds, his silences and sufferings, indeed his manner of being and speaking, is the revelation of the Father. So Christ has everything that the Father has. To see and know Christ is to see and know the Father. To love Christ is to love the Father. And to know and love them is to know and love the Holy Spirit. There is perfect sharing and dependence between them that is perfect love. That is why we can say that Jesus reveals that God is Father in a previously unheard of way in human history, as well as in a way that is unique and unrepeatable. Many religions invoke a God as a Father. A deity has often been considered the Father of gods and men. But to call God Father, as Christianity does, is to acknowledge that God is the first origin of everything, and at the same time, he is goodness and loving care for all his children. Even Christ's least characteristic manifests who God is and how much we are loved by God. 
So when Christ speaks of his heart, his sacred heart, which is meek and humble, we recognise his humility and obedience by which he shows not tyranny but lowliness. And so he makes up for our pride and rebelliousness. There are three things that our humanity struggles with most. Chastity, humility and obedience. These are the three things that the devil hates most because they are the polar opposites of himself. Christ and his Blessed Mother are perfectly chaste, perfectly humble and perfectly obedient. Christ is the perfect man and Our Lady is the perfect woman. Christ by his divinity and Mary by grace. Christ and his Blessed Mother and all the saints are totally trustworthy and we can depend upon them. I'd now like to read to you from someone who's a much better thinker than I am and also a much better homilist than I am, our Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. In a homily he gave on February the 20th, 2009, he said this, and I quote, Man is not an absolute, as if the I can isolate itself and behave only according to its own will. It is contrary to the truth of our being. Our truth is that above all we are creatures, creatures of God, and we live in relationship with the Creator. We are relational beings, and only by accepting our relationality can we enter into the truth. Otherwise we fall into deception, and in it, in the end, we destroy ourselves. We are creatures, therefore dependent on the Creator. In the Age of Enlightenment, to atheism especially, this appeared as a dependence from which it was necessary to free oneself. In reality, however, it would be only a fatal dependence were this God-creator a tyrant and not a good being, only if he were to be like human tyrants. If instead this creator loves us, and our dependence means being within the space of his love, in that case it is precisely dependence that is freedom. In this way, we are in fact within the charity of the creator. We are united to him, to the whole of his reality, to all of his power. To be a creature means to be loved by the Creator, to be in this relationship of love that he gives us, through which he provides for us. End of quote. So coming to a conclusion, I am reminded, amongst all the things that I've said, that as a priest prepares for, to celebrate Holy Mass, he puts on the sacred vestments. And there is a prayer that accompanies each vestment that is put on. The last vestment, the chasuble, traditionally has a cross on it. 
and in more traditional design, this cross goes over the priest's shoulders and down the front and back. The priest carries the cross on his own shoulders. As he puts on the chasuble, the priest prays, O Lord, you said, my yoke is easy and my burden light. Grant that I may carry it so as to obtain your grace. This prayer and the cross on the chasuble reminds the priest that he is about to act in the person of Christ to offer the sacrifice of the Mass, which is the same sacrifice as Christ offered on Calvary. The priest must put away his own self and put his own person aside. He must humbly remove himself from the focus of attention so that Christ may be manifest to his people. The priest must take on Christ's yoke, really and truly. Brothers and sisters, love, yoke, dependence, burden. These are not contradictions. They are interconnected in the truth that Christ teaches us and the truth he showed us in himself, in his life and in his death. Praised be Jesus Christ and Mary Immaculate. Amen.